Welcome to another episode of our conversation on Giants in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm Megan and joining me for this series is the hard to dislike Casey. I I feel like if we're starting this episode with hard jokes, <laughs> I feel like this is just going to be a downhill spiral from here. <laughs> yep. We're between a rock and a hard, hard place. place. <laughs> as you can see, we're probably going to be talking about the ever so famous the Stone Giant, as well as the most iconic kind of giant attack. So, Casey, question for you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're going to be talking a lot about rocks and stones and the throwing of rocks and stones. So, what's your favorite rock band and why? Okay, so if I think of rock bands, I do not think of, like, current music. I was going to say, I feel like we need to precurse this if we are both old-ish. Er. We're older. Like, I feel like we're not old enough to know classical rock to please the older audience, but we're also not young enough to know rock that would please the younger audience. We're in that weird in-between where if we say one or the other, we're going to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Yeah, we're doomed. Yeah. Um. So I just go to 90s rock, mm-hmm. like, always, and of course, I liked... You know, Nirvana, Queen, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, I was going to say Nirvana too, but like, that's fine, that's fine. You can take that one. You can have it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, like, don't hate me, but I, I can't pick a favorite. I, I suck at picking favorite things. Because um, I also just feel like with music, I don't look at band names and I don't listen to albums, shall we say, anymore. When I was in high school, I did, but I was a... Pink Floyd ACDC kid because mm-hmm. my dad was a Pink Floyd ACDC kid. It had nothing to do with my generation at the time. Yep. And now as an adult, I never actually look at who made the song anymore. I will look up movie soundtracks and then I will play the movie soundtrack and I'll be like, dope, that's a great song. What are other songs like this? Thank you, Spotify. Yep. So I never pay attention to who I'm listening to anymore. Yep. Agreed. It's just like, I really like this song. Okay, great. But if I were to pick a couple that I did listen to, and again, don't hate me if you're like, I roll. Um, but I liked Collective Soul, and like, who doesn't love Bon Jovi? And Matchbox 20. Fair enough. Jam as well. Oh man. Like, Good like times. Blink-182. Uh, what else? Simple Plan. Yep. I think that, oh, yep. more like the punk rock era. So for anyone following and listening to all episodes, you will remember we have alluded to the fact that all giants are champions of rock throwing. Mm-hmm. Many uh, times. Yeah. In fact, literally every episode it's touched on because every single giant actually has the ability to throw rocks. So we're actually going to go over this in full, as promised. I think in one of the episodes we talked about how we should probably address this. So we're addressing it today. Stone giants are more of the champion of rock throwing. But I'll get into that, but we'll talk about it in general for now. Giants are just that. They are champion rock throwers. In fact, while other races were kind of inventing bows and slings and other rock throwing devices, giants said, no fucking thanks. We don't need weak people machines. And said, (laughs) we're going to just keep throwing rocks. (laughs) In fact, rock throwing is such a time-honored tradition that all giants of all types have rock throwing games and competitions to keep their skills sharp and compete with each other to be the best tosser. I love that so much. <laughs> the fun part is I read that it, it's even said that a small sized rock the size of a human head is perfect for killing an elk on a hunt or without destroying its body. <laughs> it's like, I was like, what a great thing to learn. Yeah. 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 There's been some detail put into this on strategic like rock size versus your kills. Great. Love it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's also a thing to remember is that like giants would hunt and I feel like their only ranged weapon is rocks. So I feel like they will constantly be throwing rocks. So if they're on a hunt and you happen to be in their area while they're hunting, you are going to get pegged in the fucking body (laughs) with a boulder. Like, you know it 100%. 
They're going to push a boulder down a hill, and then you're just going to be a pancake of an elf. And they're just going to be like, ha ha. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So when we look at uh, rock throwing as one of their main skills, it can easily be seen that there isn't one race or class that is fit to slay a giant. Basically, that's due to having a strong pool of the hit dice, which we've talked about for when we go through stat blocks with these folks. Um, And their main range attack, of course, being the deadly um, boulder to the face of your ranger. Uh, You really don't have much of an advantage against fighting a giant. Yeah. Because your ranged, te- your, your ranged wizard is going to get pelted by rocks. Like, because they can throw them, what, we just got, like, over, like, 120, 200 feet or whatever. Yeah. So even your wizard is not safe. Your sorcerers aren't safe. Your your distance fighters are not safe. Your rangers are not safe. Like, you're going to get fucking pelted by a boulder. Yeah, and it'll be potentially a one-and-done scenario where it's like, oh, what is that coming? There's so Oh, oh, we're dead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, oh, and there goes the wizard. Yeah. Oh, there, there she goes. <laughs> Sorry, Akra. <laughs> yeah. In fact, like, okay, so this is the funny part. is The only pack tactic that seems to work against fighting giants is was invented by the dwarves, and it's the old classic tripping or just pulling down with a series of ropes and arrows and then tying them up to limit their defenses. Amazing. Very classic. You yeah. Know? Like, you can see that imagery in your head when you think about it. I love it so much. Um, in fact, due to the fact that most giant enemies tend to attack at the ankles, like, imagine giants will always have armor on their ankles and calves. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the how you know that if you're going to go be walking around in the tall grass, you're going to put your long socks on and you're going to tuck them into yeah. your boots, you know? Like, like, let's fend off the little creatures that are going to try and stab our ankles. Yeah, but I'm just going to kick it's it away. only defense. Yeah, <laughs> Get out of here, bean. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Casey... How else do you think you could kill a giant? What's another um, creative way, do you think? I think you could go the angle of tripping, um, but, like, you could set a trap, especially if you know you're going to try and capture one or you have to try and kill one. Yeah. I would say setting a strategic trap. Then maybe some of your magic users or some of your ranged spell attacks you could prepare and be, like, ready for, you know, and do an ambush. Yeah, I, especially because, like, they're hunters, yes, but they're probably not necessarily hunting you unless they know that you're a predator, right? Yeah. So I think you could almost use that to your advantage of doing that. I would also love to see a giant be killed by being uh, rocks being thrown at them. Yeah. I feel like it's only fair that at some point in time, one of them dies by rock throwing. Like, build a catapult and just launch one Yeah, at it. run into okay. the forest or the cavern or whatever and just start launching rocks and just yeah. <laughs> see what happens. Piece of your own fucking medicine. <laughs> yeah, you better hit true though, because I feel like, if, if, or have it big enough. Like if it just kind of like taps it on the side of the head. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Yeah, like not not, <laughs> not cool. It's just like it like dinks them on the side of the head. It's just like bing. Yeah, and it's like what are you doing? It's like none of your business. Runs away. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> run away. Run away. Oh, I love it. All right, so before we get into talking directly about the stone giant, uh, we're going to talk about what wine we are pairing with today's giant. So, Casey, what are we drinking? All right, today's wine is appropriately named Stone Lay from (laughs) New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Um, More of a lighter one, I think, which is probably for the best. I mean, we're getting in the throes of this. We need a slight break. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's take a nice, let's rehydrate. It's going to be a real dry conversation. Great sound. I like how 
It does actually look like water. Yep, it's a pretty light one. It's very light. Cheers. Oh, I really like that. It's got like an, it's got a sourness to it for sure. Yep. All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes or what I would say is the real stones of this episode. And that is the stone giant. Within the ordning, they are considered to be the artists or the artisans of stonework, lo and behold, and not just of building square buildings kind of stonework. This is kind of like more of the artistic, artisanal, they like making shit look good kind mm -hmm. of like artistry. In fact, young stone giants spend their childhood trying to learn and prove that they're worthy of even working with the best stone carvers of their clans. Like it is, it is ingrained in them from a young adulthood that stone carving is of holiness essence, shall we say. Of all of the mediums, why is this one the one that they're emphasizing art on? <laughs> Not wood or something that's probably a lot more easier, but I digress. I think, but I think that's the part of it is that it's probably like not everyone can carve a stone. Yeah. You know, like, no, he, not a lot of humans or anyone have the strength or the capabilities or the tools to do so. Only stone giants do. So right. So it's kind of like... Let's take this and run with it. We're going to be the best of the best. <laughs> and everybody else, everybody else can fuck do off. the impossible. Yeah. Like, in fact, adults will spend their lives trying to make the best masterpiece. Like, that, it, it will be, like, their life's goal. Like, some even spend years looking for that perfect stone before even starting to carve. Like, they'll take years to hunt down the perfect... <laughs> like, I always think of, like, um, back in the day when we did marble statues... I think it was Michelangelo. I'm going to get fucking ripped on the internet if this is wrong. <laughs> but uh, who did the the marble statues would always say that they were carved. Like, you could see the figure within the marble before carving it. Right. So that's kind of how I imagine them as artists. They would look at a piece of stone and be like, I know what that's going to be. Yeah. The best carvers are actually considered to be, like, the shamans of their clans. So they're the closest to their god, which is Scorius Stonebones. I just consider them to be very much like a bunch of art snobs, you know? Like, yeah. And I mean, for rightly so. Something I found particularly interesting <clears throat> is that they like to tell stories with their stonework. As I mentioned, it's not all just castles and bricks. It's also art installations. And you would think when you hear stone giant that they live in like dark caves, which they do. Don't get me wrong. They do live in dark caves. But it's the first thing you think of. So you don't really think beauty. You think gross stalactite like caverns and caves and nastiness. Yeah. But they actually appreciate light. So when they do art installments, they'll actually utilize light within those installments uh, and put them into their work. So there are actually installments that are made by giants that when you look at them one way, look one way. And then when you shift and the light shifts, uh, it'll look something completely different. That's cool. So it'll be like, it'll tell a story on one side. Or in my mind, if you're playing a campaign, it'll have a riddle on one side. And then the answer is if you just shift closely to the left or whatever. Right. Or something along those lines, right? I feel like that's just a really cool stone giant thing to integrate into a campaign somehow. Yeah. And runes, of course. Oh, yes. Probably all over the place. Actually, speaking of runes, they have another really neat thing that they make, which is called speaking stones. So they do have, of course, written word through runes or other such aspects. Um, but basically, if they want to write a story um, or a letter or a tale or just like, sometimes it's just analytical name dates this happened, like history tiles, basically, um, they will carve them into an upright cylinder and the writing is kind of like wrapped around it in a spiral. Mm. And then they'll like, They'll wrap it around in a spiral and then they'll wrap it around in the other direction. So you actually have to turn the stone by hand to be able to read the story in one direction and turn it again. So not any just human can pick up a speaking stone and read it because you can't turn it properly. Cool. So I also think that would be a really cool puzzle to have to solve is you have this giant tile with a spiral, this long and gated tail that your, your team is like come try and figure out and you 
A, you have to learn how to speak giant, and two, be able to move and turn this stone to be able to see and read it. And then also play with light so that it reads one way and then reads different in another way. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I can see that being like a six-hour session just on that. <laughs> this would be, this would be, I would feel like Dan or Adam would write it out on a piece of paper and then one of us has to take it home and figure it out because we're not going to do it at the table because it would just be us screaming and yelling at each other. Yeah. Another cool angle could be that it might actually be impossible for us as like the adventuring group to move it and you have to go out and seek out a giant to help you. Yeah. To actually move it. You found this tile and you've been carrying it around. Or you just found it in a cave and you know where it is, but you can't yeah. lift it. So you have to go find a stone giant. Exactly. Convince him to come back with you to this cave to read this tile for you. Yeah. Mm, how fun that would be. Oh, another piece of it I thought was really cool. Because like, I feel like this is the perfectionist in me. The cylinders themselves are specifically cut to the size that is required. And of course. So they have to they have to know that before they start etching in it. Yes. <laughs> or vice versa. They have to know that, like, this is how long my story is, therefore this is the size of the tile that is required. Because um, they start on the outside and work their way in. So if you get to the center and you have space, it's kind of like, <laughs> like they, they don't like that. It's thought to be very bad artistry. So you're, you have to smash the stone. Yeah. Because, like, it's not perfect, right? So now I'm also imagining, you know how, like, when you were in high school and you're writing an essay and you're 250 words, so you just start going back and adding ands and theys and yeah. then, and thus... <laughs> And then just ellipses and, yeah. like, random grammar just to make it slightly longer. Yeah. That's... Change every aren't to are not and all of that. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, you're like, and this is the end of my tale. I'm not going to tell it again. This is the end. I have finished what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm not going to speak anymore. Like, it's just going to be like that in, like, a small spiral all the way down to the center. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, if you looked over, like, the closest cliff to wherever a stone giant was residing, you would just find at the bottom mountains of, like, three-quarters finished cylinders. Yeah. they're just like, fuck! And just, like, <laughs> like when you crumple up paper and throw it over your shoulder, it's like, ah, I did it again! <laughs> I love it, because now what's going to happen is your, your adventuring team is going to rock up, and they're going to find this, like, stone tablet like fucking desert just full of all these broken yeah. tiles thinking that they found this like history magnificence but really it's just some guy trying to write his name multiple yeah. times and he can't get the right size of tile like yeah and they'll spend an hour trying to find someone that can like decipher the giant language or finally like spell some slots to like look, read it and then it makes like no fucking sense. It just sense. says Kevin Smith, Je- Kevin Smith, January 15th, 1921, <laughs> subject science. Yeah. And then they misspell the word like canopy or something and yeah. then it's just like fuck and then it eats the stone. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you just came across a uh, stone giant school where it's just a bunch of fucking practicing, right? Definitely. I love that. In fact, when it comes to their social ability, uh, they actually seem calm, as they are calm and kind to each other. Uh, but they do not much care for intruders or outsiders. So they will attack you, basically, on sight or tell you to get the fuck out. They have no interest in you being there. However, they can be bartered with. So mm-hmm. because they're artisans and artists, they do, like, pretty things. So they, like, will barter with furs or anything related to that they can craft with, basically. Like, these are the crafters, like, of... I really want your feathers because I really want to make my statue look really nice. Or like, give me your sparkles because I'm going to craft the shit out of this. Like, you know? So that's the kind of way that you can kind of barter your way through the lands. They will also take a favor of passage, favor for your passage. So 
there's a lot that they can't do and there's a lot of grunt work that needs to be done kind of thing. If you can physically do something for them as a boon or a favor, they'll want your help for sure. One of the big things is that um, stone giants don't like water. So mm-hmm. if they need something from an ocean or that's around an ocean, they'll probably task your group with, hey, like, we need, there's this beautiful stone overlooking this ledge onto the lake and we really want this stone. If you bring it to us, you can have safe passage to the rest of our, our lands or what have you, right? Cool. And I'm jumping ahead, but it also um, is, we're, we're going back to the point where, about languages, mm-hmm. they do speak common. And so that is a kind of game changer when it comes to interaction with them too compared to other ones yeah so Mm. yeah i thought about that they couldn't speak common well storm stone giant dreamwalkers do yeah they do (laughs) that's it not all of them no regular storm giants don't oh fair enough they're just giant okay noted yeah the bet the the good stone giants can speak common But uh, your regular Joe Schmo. I feel like if you were to run up to, like, as a DM, you could retcon that, that, like, at least the shamans of the clan could, if not even just the Dreamwalkers or whatever. Yeah, right. Maybe. We'll talk about Dreamwalkers. All right. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead. So uh, when we're talking about getting along, they are definitely true believers of the Ordning, and they do have a tendency to respect their master within their colonies. They actually barely sleep because they're always trying to, like, finish that one project so their boss um or like their master is it going to give them a gold sco- good scolding <laughs> or basically just call them a good boy the next day so That's fair. yeah I so get it. at any given time three quarters of the colony is always awake wow okay. yeah like always awake so it's there's no sleep time for stone giants like there's no lights out at 10 p.m it's we operate and we work so okay so anytime that your group rocks up, they'll be awake and ready to kill you. So you can't really, in my mind, sneak up on a colony of stone giants. There's not like a let's wait till midnight and sneak through. Right. They're yeah. going to be awake. And yeah. the whole basically the whole colony is going to be awake, which is going to suck. So as mentioned, uh, stone giants do live a life of darkness. So they live within caves and caverns. But if they were to leave the colonies and they're outdoors, they only travel at night because during the day they are assailed by dreamwalkers, mm-hmm. which we'll get into a little bit more detail a little bit later. So we spoke um, in a previous episode about the life expectancy of giants as well. And as we mentioned, they tend to live, these ones tend to live the longest, which was weird. So they have a very long life. So it, it was dependent on the hierarchy of the ordning, but this was the one that was weird and they actually lived a little bit longer, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. But when they're at their final end of their stage of life, like this is the fun part that I thought was really neat and would be really cool to implement to a campaign. Is that if you are a dying stone giant or already dead, your body is carried to, and this is going to be the Lingestein. It's probably like Lingestein or something <laughs> like that. Um, but it actually translates to like, or, or they just call it the ancestors of stone. So this is a weird, creepy tomb where a dead storm giant gets brought to and they're basically plopped down in like an up-seated position. And then they become a part of the scenery. Oh my. Their, their body basically becomes a stalactite of like the cap, the cavern or the cave or the tomb or what have you. And then this is a place where people can visit and respect the dead. So it's basically a stone graveyard. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. It is really neat, right? Yeah. I, feel, I like the fact that they do legitimately respect their dead. And like, it's just, I don't know, it's really neat. Yeah. We haven't really come across that yet as like a notable trait in any other giant, really. So. No. 
But, I mean, this is a really good thing to bring up um, the Deadstone Cleft Giant. So this is going to be found in your Storm King's Thunderbook. It's basically a famous stone giant canyon, which mm-hmm. you can visit. It's a layer of a xenophobic clan of giants. So stone giants, who basically they hate everyone. So if you enter, they will kill you. They have no reason to keep you alive. And again, the details can be found in the book. In short, it's a lovely canyon full of storm giants who hate you. There's a lot of neat creative <laughs> ideas in Storm King's Thunder. But like, again, here's a few that I thought were pretty cool. So it's basically the look that I enjoy. It is a creepy looking canyon that probably just looks and smells like death with foggy and eerie looking rock carvings, which are actually the dead bodies of petrified giants. So this is actually a, like a a, a dead stone area. This is your stone graveyard of all these dead fucking things. I feel like this is the equivalent of the elephant graveyard in Lion King. Mm-hmm. Like mentally, it has that ambiance and energy to me in my mind. Cool. It's run by um, a storm giant called Kaelithika. Yep. Oh, yeah. that one's gonna be fun. <laughs> Who is a neutral evil extremist, believing they are doing God's work. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Um, something cool for stone giants in this area, however, is that if they reside within the canyons, they can go into a meditative state and basically called become petrified and gain. Uh, tremor sense, which gives them a hunk of spells that they can cast. They call it the Olak Mara, or the Great Stillness. So in short, uh, a giant who is either born here or comes here to do this meditative state, basically just, uh, I think it's like a one hour of meditation, and then they can for 24 hours um, cast melt a stone, stone shape, stone skin, as a granted boom. Nice. So it's kind of like, I feel like this is like your monk temple. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. For your stone, for your stone giants or giants in general, like I feel like, yeah. Is there anything in there that interested you, Casey? Was there anything there that you would want to dive into and use in a campaign, possibly? I think the the artistry stuff is super cool. I think if you're a DM that loves to set the scene, you can navigate your um, adventuring party like through some forest and then you know describe some really amazing like architecture and statues that keep popping up and then I think you could have like a grand entrance when you finally reveal like this temple or the cavern that you're going to navigate down so for the ones that want to really go into the artistry piece I think they could lean into that and it would be really cool to set it up for for a group yeah absolutely especially like the using their art forms as um clues and puzzles and tips and tricks on where you're supposed to go next or you're looking for a history or you're looking for some long dead dragon story that was written on a giant's speaking stone that's hidden within the canyon of Mm -hmm. this dead fucking (laughs) just like it's like written on their tombstones or like oh okay so here we go (laughs) yes so you walk into the canyon, you've got all these like dead storm giants that have now been petrified. And then they just, they're all holding like some story or tale of their life mm-hmm. within like their hands or whatever. And it's like a speaking stone that tells the tale of their life. And you're searching right. for a very specific stone giant that's holding a tablet with a story that you need that has a clue of where you're supposed to go next. Like maybe you're looking for a lost city or you're looking for a lost monster or you're looking for something along those lines. Yes. So you're now wandering this fucking giant's... Uh, graveyard where you know that if someone finds you here they're going to kill you and you're just looking for this tablet yeah amazing and then the 
ever so exciting thing, depending on horrible rolls or really good rolls, you could then roll in and some of the giants are just in the meditation state that might be down there. And you and... disrupt their fucking meditation state. <laughs> oh, So yeah. you think it's just like <laughs> empty, you know? This is just all long past, just need to sift through a bunch of like rows and rows of stone statues, but... Not all of them are actually statues. Yeah. That'd be like that weird, like, you know how they have like those armored, like, um, things sitting at gates and then you walk up and all of a sudden they come up, come to life. Yes. It would definitely be that moment. Yeah. 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 That could be fun. But it would be a storm giant that's close to its death. So it would be like an easy kill almost. But then like someone rocks up to like pay respect to the dead. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You just killed my elder (laughs) who was trying to die peacefully. I'm going to have to ask you to leave with a rock to the face. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, speaking of talking about um, Storm King's Thunder and the dead stone cleft giants, Casey, can you tell us a little bit more about Scoreus Stonebones? Yeah. Um, so he's pretty much the key stone giant god. So I feel like in... As well, like, the wisdom intelligence levels were going down as we go down the ordning, but we're doing, like, a little boop (laughs) for for stone giants because, yeah, they're not exactly smart, but they do have a lot of knowledge and want to retain knowledge and the expertise of, of doing art and all of that. Yeah. Scorius was probably one of the only, like, sources of a lot of knowledge and he was willing to share a lot of that knowledge so some of the key things that he actually helped other giant gods do is like the secrets of the earth doing magic and other things like he shared the knowledge of smelting with Surtur so yeah we covered him before and so it's not just like, oh, if you just hold this here, it makes it a little bit better. No, he had, like, influenced a lot of the movements with other gods um, to for them to gain more knowledge. He showed Thrym how to apply runes to weapons. Um, and history also tells that he helped um, Stronmus mm. uh, <laughs> to... Um, this is a cool story, too, that we won't dive into, but he helped guide Stranmas to the chain tunnels under the ocean in his battle with the Tarrasque. Yeah. And so this is also in Volos that you can read a little bit more on this, but it's really cool. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, and in true art, like you said, they they craft, and this is definitely a very important god to the stone giants, so they make statues of him double or more the size that he actually is. Of course. And uh, most notably, it's his hands. So one hand holding a chisel, one with holding a hammer. Mm -hmm. So that's what you'll see a lot in um, stone giant art and um, carvings. And that's who they're... Is these giant hands holding carving tools, basically. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. It was good to be in his good graces, and he could be your confidant. He could be someone you could go up to and talk to, and he even was known to keep secrets Mm -hmm. for people. So, yeah, I think he was just a really nice giant. (laughs) Yeah. Which is weird, knowing that he's where he is. Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, well, sorry, is worshipped by... This this group and this clan because the the clan and the group that where the temple is and everything like they're not a kind folk. Which is when you read about the god, it's very much more like knowledge and education should be passed down. And but it feels like they're very much like but only to our people. 
Yeah. Yeah. No one else can have that at this point, right? Like, I think he influenced a lot of the other giant types in how they evolved as well. And he was kind of like the the underdog or the, like, the silent investor a lot of the time. <laughs> like, yeah. he wasn't the one rolling into battle, but it was like, yeah, I showed, um... <laughs> I showed you how to make those weapons, you know? But yeah. it was just like those rooms that are background. on there that's giving you that magic. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. That was absolutely yeah. me. Like, yeah, you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> but like I feel like he would be like in my mind would not be like overzealous about it. It would just be like everybody else would be like, Oh yeah, our God did that and he'd be like, Well, well it's okay, like it's fine. Like yeah. they did it themselves, really. I just kinda showed them the way, you know. <laughs> like that that cool uncle or aunt that's just like, Oh no, they did it themselves. Like yeah. I just I just told them what color to use, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, and those, like, 150-foot statues of me are all right, too. It's fine. Yeah, this is dope, though. That statue, amazing. Well done. Fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something out of that that you feel you would want to use in a campaign? Well, he could easily be somebody that you gain knowledge from. So as, if you navigate through to find where he's located and you don't piss him off, you can talk to him. Could absolutely be a source of, like, gaining some important information during the campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like he could come into storylines with other giants. Yeah. Like he might be a giant that others will mention yeah. or talk about. And so then you can gain some knowledge that way. And it's not just like, oh, that's a, just a stone giant. Like I honestly thought stone giants were just lumbering, like like really, really dumb creatures. No. But they're not. No. They're <laughs> so I learned a lot. I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, they're quite cute. Um in fact, like I, one of the things that I was thinking of, it would be really fun that your your team would come across a stone giant who is on the kinders, like outside of the canyon, who is a kinder soul because they're like they they actually knew and read and understood the teachings of their god. Yeah, and we're like, no, no, like I, I would love to help and teach you because that's what my god would do. But they're kind of like banished from their world because they're they're just not like either very, or they're not very good. Okay, oh sorry. So let me back up here. They are such dedicated artisans and love their art to the point where those who are bad at it are basically banished or hated or made fun of. Wow. So they only really respect stone giants within their colonies that are actually good at stone carving. So if you're bad at it, you're kind of like, okay, well, you you fucking suck. Like, (laughs) you're terrible at this. So I feel like you're going to meet that one stone giant outside of the colonies or outside of the whatever, and they're trying to get back in with their... So they're sitting out there in the forest constantly trying to carve but always fucking up and it just really needs help to get back into the good graces of their colony. And if you help this stone giant, then they'll become either a part of your party or like their colony will become a complete ally. Right. Yeah. But it would be the teachings of this God to this, to this person be like, I have to keep going. I have to persevere because I need to spread the good kind word of our Lord and savior or what have you. Yeah. Right? It's like, otherwise I really don't have a purpose here. So. Yeah. What else is my purpose? If not, yeah. To help you, teach you, guide you as this weird adventuring crew, and then you can help me. Like, that would be really cute. What a cute little side story that would be. I love it. All right, so let's talk storm giants and their numbers and stats. So these are obviously huge creatures and are neutral and are a CR of seven. So not necessarily the most scary and frightening, but of course will still pack a punch, and I would not recommend fighting one. They do have a natural armor of 17. I mean, they are made of stone, so that mm-hmm. kind of checks out mentally for me. 
Um, they do have a large hit pool of dice along with a speed of 40, which I thought was weird because sometimes we talk about giants in general and the fact that they're they're quite quick moving because of long strides, they're taller, so just generally they have a faster speed. But in my mind, it, like stone giants would be heavy. Yeah, so they would take like like big steps, but not that many on per turn. Yeah, that's just to get, yeah. That's just my way of thinking about it. Clearly, I'm incorrect. They have a speed of 40, which is the average for a giant who is not a storm giant. It seems strange to me. Um, their top tier traits are strength and con, similar to other giants. However, they do now have a dex mod of plus two. So this is the only giant that has a dex mod above zero, basically. And I think that ties in nicely to the fact that they are said to be more graceful and artisans and they can handle stone and all those little pieces, right? They're also athletes in their own right and have a high perception, just like other giants, but they do get dark vision because they, li- they live in these tunnels and these caverns and... Again, they don't like coming out in the light. They prefer living in the darkness because of certain reasons, uh, which is new. Uh, and I, But again, fits nicely into the fact that they live underground. One feature that I, they have that I love is that they have stone camouflage. So they can roll um, a deck save and hide in the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thinking about this, I'm imagining like a fighting pack tactic of you're just walking through a canyon and it's just a, it's mentioned that it's just a wall of stones looking like a rock slide had occurred. Right. But it's not a rock slide. It's just a fucking army of stone giants just yeah. watching you travel through their cavern waiting for, like, the perfect moment to strike. Yeah. Like, how fucking badass is that? Uh, but if they were to attack you, they do, of course, have the multi-attack where they can use their great club twice. Um, and as always, they throw rocks. Mm-hmm. However, because these, as stone giants... They actually, um, within their colonies, will do competitions, and I talked about how, like, most giants will do that. Stone giants do it the most. So they take great pride in practicing throwing, catching, like, all kinds of things to do with rocks. They will have weekend competitions to see who is the strongest this weekend and who can toss the rock the (laughs) farthest. Like, this is the clan that will be 100% dedicated to making sure that they can throw those rocks the best. Right. So because of that... They are so good at throwing and catching rocks, they actually have the ability to, as a reaction, catch stones or objects similar to stones that are being thrown at them with a deck cool. save. Cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just because, as children, they played Don't Break the Egg for 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine game. being a monk who was like, oh, two can play at that game. Oh, wait. <laughs> this is like a van-sized boulder. It just That's a boulder. <laughs> That ain't just a rock, my guy. That's a boulder. That's a boulder. <laughs> Two can play at that game. Nope. No, nope. absolutely not. No, no, no. But, like, if your DM was to play it right, though, and let you use a deck save as a monk, you would probably pass that. <laughs> and so you would, as, like, a fuck again, I'm thinking of my half-elf dragon monk. Playing catch with a stone giant. Playing catch with a stone giant and a boulder. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like as a DM, I'd also be like, okay, well, you also have to make a strength check because that yeah. shit's going to crush you. <laughs> But that's it for pretty much just Stone Giants as a whole from Stat Block. Um, but now we're going to cover the Stone Giant, the Dream Walker, which we've alluded to a little bit. But now we're going to go into a little bit more detail. So, Casey, take her away. The Stone Giant Dream Walker does have, like, a lot of the, the traits that we already covered. They have the Dark Vision um, immunities to Charmed and Frightened. And I found, like, the the origin story of how Dreamwalkers come to be kind of tragic. Let's <laughs> hear like, it. Oh. Let's let's weep some tears. I've had some wine. <laughs> yeah, they're not necessarily the wisest, but they're they're a little bit better than like 
like fire giants and so I feel like they just have a bit more emotion, a little bit more empathy and a little They have feelings yeah. is what yeah. you're saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At times when they do end up on the surface of the world and especially for a long time and it could be yeah, seeking that perfect rock for their art. Mm. It could be just they're curious about what's going on out there. And like you talked about, they can sometimes be banished to the surface. They can stay up there, but it starts to get to them. Like the volatile environment, the changing of the weather, the I feel like the the vast wide open space freaks them out after a while. Yeah, absolutely. It's like they're used to being under stone. And so <laughs> So when it takes its toll, um, they can just become very overwhelmed and then they start believing that they're not living in a reality that's like, this is too far beyond my comprehension of from what I know underground or under stone. So they start believing that on the surface, they're living a a dream world. Yeah. That's kind of nice, except... (laughs) It's because of the isolation and separation from their kind, and they are just, like, in the throes of something they don't understand. Mm -hmm. So this is a coping mechanism for them, is just to believe it's not actually real. Like, this is all fine. Uh, Whatever, it has no consequence. I'm not alone. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they sometimes may not even know why they came to the surface to begin with after a while. They're just like, oh, I'm living in this dream world. And the longer it goes on, the more utterly mad the stone giant gets and then becomes a dream walker. And so imagine, wait, we've talked about how big they are and they're just lumbering around believing they're in a dream. So they don't know consequence. They don't really give a shit about what they're actually doing because they think it's not real. So they act in extreme chaos and unpredictability that way. And then it exudes from them into the environment as they're walking. Yeah. So it becomes like really wild and very dangerous for yeah. a tr- an adventuring party. I bet. Like we talked about, this, the stone giant dreamwalker doesn't have as big a pool of hit points as like a storm giant quintessent or a cloud giant smiling one. Yeah. Is more comparable to frost giant everlasting, everlasting or um, the fire giant dreadnought, which is still my favorite. Yeah. So far. Yeah. But they're still quite strong. And like I talked about, they can speak common and Yay. giant. <laughs> so that I think is kind of interesting too with how they are in the ordinating structure too. Yeah. Well, I feel like because they're like traveling around on the, the upper plane, like, oh, sorry, on like the, the upper area of the world, they're going to end up having to speak common because they're going to be there for so long they go crazy. And then they are like, okay, well, eventually they just learn it and they pick it up. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. One of the most interesting things that they can do is they have what's called a dreamwalker's charm. And so this is what I was talking about, how they get so far down this like madness hole that they exude madness and chaos. Yeah. So they end up having a 30 foot radius from them that any creature that comes into that range has to do a charisma saving throw or they are charmed. And this is a passive ability. So they don't need to do anything. They might not even know you are there, but you can experience this This if you just come in within the range of it. Yeah. So I feel like that could be a cool way of introducing 
a stone giant to just like if a party is just adventuring and on the road, <laughs> they can be like just walking down a path and then suddenly like whoever's leading the party is asked to do a charisma saving throw. And they don't know that like 25 feet away, there's like a, a stone giant sitting there having a snack and it doesn't even know it's there. <laughs> I love that. Just having a snack. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, just sitting there. It's like, oh. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And this is a chaotic creature, so you also don't necessarily know whether it will attack or not, or if it will attack and then get bored and get distracted and, like, just move on. So it's a little bit different from just your classic stone giant in that sense. Like, you, it may just leave if if you're fighting it, and it may not even try to fight, fight you. Yeah, I can see it being one of those like weird, creepy moments where it's almost like seeing like this weird creature run, like walking through the forest slowly. You all pass your charisma checks, and it just like looks at you, and it's like, mm-hmm. mm, this is another dream. And then it just turns and it just keeps walking. And then like you just did not have to fight a stone giant that day. Yeah, because it, one, you passed your charisma check, and two, the stone giant's just like, eh. Yes, I have I have better things to do with today. Like, yeah, yeah. So that could be a cool angle to completely kibosh the whole plan of where the party's go party is going. Absolutely. Just to have to battle this. Okay, and then what also is just terrifying <laughs> is this ability they have when they do end up charming anybody that comes within the range. So if you are charmed by a stone giant, it can then come up to you and if it's interested in just you know, keeping you as part of its collection, it can do purifying touch. Okay. And so essentially a medium or smaller creature that it can go up to with it, it has a reach, so 10 feet, it can grab onto you and make you do a con save. You must make that con save. (laughs) Tell me why, Casey. You must. Because if you don't, you then become petrified, which like any D&D... Care, like player would know petrified is not something easily dealt with no um it's fucked and not only that it will grab you petrify you and then want to keep you and just stick you to like its right ass cheek and be like you're now you're now attached to me <laughs> and then walk away or just keep you there oh my so, god like like items or creatures that it petrifies it just attaches to its body, just like an outward bag of, like, like collection bag. You're just like a walking, talking bag of holding. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't just, like, rip the item off and use it. Like, it just becomes a part of your body. Yeah. And we know by now, like, lots of the, lots of the different giants do basically carry their belongings with them or carry things that they like with them. Yeah. So, because of the chaotic nature... It might just take interest and be like, I'm taking you with me. You look <laughs> you nice. You are mine. Yeah. And the only way that you can get that player character back is by killing the giant. So if that happens, like, your party then has to be all in or be like, well, that's a shame. <laughs> well, shit. See you later, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, Dave. Roll a new character. <laughs> Yes, so any sort of like um, greater restoration doesn't work while while it's, it's attached. It's attached. Yeah. It has to die, and then you can perform those and like yank 
yank the the character off. Can you imagine trying to chisel the character off and then you just like <laughs> fucking accidentally like rip off their arm? You're like, yeah. you know what? At least you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, we have dealt with in another campaign um, that we did a couple years ago. We dealt with a lot of petrified creatures. And it was exactly that. You were walking by, you knew that they were petrified, and then, like, their nose was broken off, and it's like, ooh, does that really, do we really want to bring that one? I remember, yeah. I remember having those <laughs> like, weird oh, conversations. Yikes. Those, like, uh, like, those dilemmas, those moral dilemmas of, I really, I know this person's petrified, and I can bring them back, but, but am I doing them a disservice by doing so because they're missing three of their limbs and, yeah, like, half of their face and like, Would part they of, like, like to be back? Like, mm-hmm. would they really want that kind of thing? But... Yes, you know. so, exactly. So it goes then into just the the subconscious and morality and, um, like, ethical choices that you as a person and then you as the player, your character, would, would go with. Yeah. Like, they have to make that choice. So, yeah, like, the, the stone giant dreamwalker is scary and... If you do fight it, you could be all in whether you like it or not, and you might not have a choice to run away if you really care about your group and, yeah. roll, and the rules are not in your favor. Yeah. So that was super cool, and um, as a DM, you either have to mod this a little bit if you're throwing this at your group with a low at a lower level. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you got to be a bit at, like a bit at higher level yeah. in order to. To or have an information giver that these things are not dangerous to you if you don't necessarily attack them or threaten them because yeah. they'll, they don't know what you are. They'll think mm-hmm. you're a dream or act like a dream person mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I've been, I'm just, I'm just a part of your dream. Like that, you know, you know that that's what it thinks that you are. So you can play that up. Right. And charisma check the shit out of that kind of an interaction. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there could be <laughs> like for the empathetic people in your group like my current character is, you could then lean into that too with like it's sitting having a snack like 20 feet off the trail and then your party ends up doing con saves and maybe they're like, oh, oh, there's someone there. Like I haven't spoken to someone in like two years. (laughs) (laughs) This is so nice. And then then all chaos ensues because then they'll be like, oh, you're coming with me. And then like roll initiative and try not to die. Son of a bitch. I love that. Yeah. They're misunderstood. Misunderstood. (laughs) They don't know what's happening. So what would you say, Casey, is your favorite part? Which one would you want to... What do you think you would use within a campaign that you play? The, like, I really like the idea of the Dreamwalkers. I think they're pretty powerful and they could be a TPK. Yeah. So I would probably, depending on how much I like my, my party... <laughs> Give me a lesson learned. Be like, oh, I see. Well, wait till next session. Um, otherwise, you could. I think the classic stone giant are super, super fun, and I think they could. You could play around with a lot of that. And again, do pull into the group, the party that's got more intelligent that is artistry or carvery or masonry in that. Like, if you had a dwarf in your group, they might be like, oh. I totally respect your art. <laughs> and that could be really fun. And that's that can just be like classic giants. Absolutely. Yeah. Like trying to gain their favor if you do have to enter their their realm. And like you could send the dwarf in first and be like, go charm them. Like, yeah, get in there. 
Do your thing, yeah. do your thing, do your thing. Like, yeah. this, is your, this is where you're comfortable, right? <laughs> Go in. Go talk to these fucking giants. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I, I love the, cre- the creepy look of these. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, all I can picture in my head is this fucking, like, almost like a Nightwalker-esque feel where they're just kind of, like, slowly moving through the forest. Again, I feel like stone giants should be moving slowly because they fucking weigh a ton. Now imagining a Dreamwalker, like, hunkering through the forest and just covered in, again, like, I'm sure people are imagining just, like, lumps of stone to represent these bodies, but I'm imagining, like, hands sticking out. Yeah. And, like, legs and, like, swords and, like... Like, petrified bows and arrows and, like, things that these people were carrying on their bodies. And yeah. um, their jewels and their gems that maybe weren't quite petrified are, like, hanging from the sides. Like, And they're just, like, making noise as they walk through kind of like a pack of trinkets. But yeah. it's really just a bunch of bodies that are just holding things. Yeah. I can even imagine, like, a hand being held out and it's holding a bag of holding that isn't quite petrified, but it's in the person's grip. So there's just a bag of holding hanging from this stone arm. Oh my gosh. And, and that could also be a thing. <laughs> it's like, retrieve the bag. What rogue wouldn't want that challenge? Right? Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. I'm going to take that bag. That bag is mine. I'm going to take it. Yeah. And then your team is like, don't fucking do that, man. That thing is fucking scary. We're going to die. And it's like, fuck yeah. it. He's halfway down the road. Like, no, I'm, I'm doing it. Like, this is mine. Yes. Like, holy fuck. What could go wrong? Right? And I could just imagine, like, seeing that thing lurking through the forest. You're outside of its range of charm, luckily enough. And you're just kind of staring at this thing like... I am not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, whoa. It just, like, I, it would make an amazing mini. I would love to see what the mini of this looks like. I haven't looked it up. But I would almost want to rebuild it so that there's more arms and shit hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, the jarring and slow movement of Treant, but in, like, stone form. Where yeah. they're kind of lumbering giants. Um, they're not necessarily just dangerous up front. But <laughs> yeah, I'm googling what the mini looks like right now. Okay, they're not. That's stupid. I don't like the mini. <laughs> I don't like the mini. I'm gonna say that right now. Yeah, Stone Giant Dream Marker. I don't like the mini. I would make that thing a hell of a lot more creepy. Like it more, does more like jagged stone looking. Hey. Yeah, and you can see that they're trying to attempt that there's things attached to its skin. Like you can see like a, the wheel of like a ship or something attached right. to its skin. But like and the runes on its belt and stuff like that. But no, I'm not about it. Fair. That does not does not suit my fancy. I would definitely go like more creepy stalk through the forest covered in dead bodies esque. Mm-hmm. That's how I would go. But I am a dark human being. You so, are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we've talked about that, um, we did touch briefly on a couple of famous stone giants. But I know Casey, you wanted to go into a little bit more detail on a few of them for us. Yeah, and a like a big chunk of this, of course, is in Storm King's Thunder. Um, so there's. Like, you talked about the Deadstone Cleft. Yeah. There's Thane, um, Kaolithica. How's that? I said said Kaolithica. Kaolithica. Yeah. (laughs) Kaolithica. Um, so this is a female giant in the Deadstone Cleft realm, um, absolutely going a bit manic, (laughs) like, like you talked about. Yeah. And essentially, I feel like she's the one that people are like, "Mm," like other stone giants, since she's a bit manic, other giants even go and pray for her to be okay or, like, avoid the madness type thing. Oh, okay. Um, and so she basically believes that um, she can influence the position of the stone giants in the Ordning 
by pleasing like her own god and um, causing destruction on the surface level too. Like just let's just wipe those out. Give like that will be looked upon as a very positive success thing that I did, and we can move up in in the ordning. And she does have some really cool abilities. And not surprising, it's all stone-based, and you talked about a few of them, like the meditation, where they gain a few extra abilities by going to the right temple and meditating. She can also do that and hide, uh, what is it, Um, casting meld into stone. And so this is another thing where I think for her own entertainment, if she heard you coming, she would just like, and just like hide out and hang there and wait to ambush you. Yeah. So yeah, really cool. I maybe would not try to like. I would avoid her. I don't. Th- I don't think you can really negotiate with her. She might be a bit, a bit wild. Bit of a bitch. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. And then there's also Thane Braxo, who is also like mentioned in Storm King's Thunder. Um, he is more neutral, though, and there's ties to a storyline with Mirren and Nim, which is two of King Hecaton's daughters, and we talked about that back in the Storm Giant episode. Yeah. So you might end up coming across this Stone Giant if you're going down that kind of realm to to connect with the Storm Giant yeah. um, era. Um, you might have better luck talking with him because he is neutral, not evil, um, and he actually fears the giant gods. So he's kind of like, let me just do my thing. <laughs> like, I feel like... I don't like, want to get any trouble. Yeah. Like, I'm just here to do my shit. Like, I've been told what to do and I'm going to do it. So get out of my way. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you had talked about where, like, different things will be stuck in their, like, bodies all, all over. Braxo has hundreds of gemstones stuck all over his flesh, I guess. His stone flesh. Yeah. So again, I think that could be another temptation for like one of the greedy members of your party. I'm like, let just one. Let's just I'll just I'll be I'll sneak up and just try and take one. One of them gems. Yeah. yeah. And then um he may or may not fight you for that. Yeah. Um yeah, so this was this kind of the f- I feel like it's the first time um we're talking about like fane or like a title outside of like the gods. There's um, what is a thing? What <laughs> Good is- question. I was like, mm. I was like, I've watched a lot of like Vikings and stuff. But- yeah, but 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 but. <laughs> yeah, and you probably know even more about this than me. It has Anglo-Saxon and or Scottish origins, and it's basically a title that's given to, well, in this case, a creature that, when land is granted by a king or a military nobleman. Um, you are given this title of Thane. Mm-hmm. So it's gaining some leverage, but you're on the cusp of being like a lower level nobleman. You're basically a lord. Yes. You're a yeah, lord. absolutely. It's, it, it's like the equivalent in, in like the Anglo-Saxon or Viking world. It's, it's the equivalent to calling a lord. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, I knew you would know this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that like it gives them a bit of an edge and it's usually in return of loyalty or service. Yeah. So, like, I was talking about, um, oh, what's her name? Kaolithica? Kaolithica. Kaolithica? Kaolithica. Kaolithica. You know what we mean. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like she has gained favor to be awarded this title, um, but she wants to keep pushing, just to keep trying to gain more. Yeah, and that's what pushes her into her madness. Yeah. Of, like, constantly seeking that more extra power. And, like, and again, like, she's in one of the lead, like, I can say lead, but, like, lead areas of Storm Giants that is a collective of yeah. this weird, creepy fucking elephant graveyard of stone and misery. Right? Yeah. Like, how would you not be driven mad that this is your kingdom? Yes. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think, um, again, she would be an interesting character to come across, but you would probably be potentially warned by her, maybe be warned by other stone giants of her, and they would be like, don't tell her I said this, but... She's a tyrant. (laughs) She's going a bit wild and and mad, but she can never know we think that. Yeah. Ever. Absolutely. Yeah, tread lightly. So out of these two, Casey, which one would you want to put in your campaign? Okay, if I'm foregoing doing Stone Giant Dreamwalker to keep it a little bit more like less TPK, I would I would maybe throw an interaction or potential interaction with Kylithica just to add like no, there's there's many levels of Stone Giant, so <laughs> yeah, there's, again of different like um like emotions and different things. Like I think it's a different way to play a stone giant because you're you're expecting almost neutral but again would fight you if you were walking into their territory but she would ruin your life yeah right i feel like that would be a fun character to play yeah and as a dm yeah yeah (laughs) very fun i'm vindictive that way though (laughs) yeah oh i like what we do (laughs) yeah i like i like braxel like just in the sense where like he's again such a devout worshiper of his gods he's a he's a god-fearing folk Mm -hmm. so they would definitely be utilized in my mind as like a good quest giver, a good information giver, or like if you are in with the stone giants, like oh well, then you must be within the god's light. So let me yeah help you with whatever it is that you're gonna do, right? Like, and I feel like that would be a good little interjection to interact with giants that aren't in the scary nature, definitely. Which is against my nature to say, but I think <laughs> that, that would be a good juxtaposition for your group. Yeah, and it would be fun to throw um, angles of these, like just. Like, I, I know they're a bit location-based as far as some of their abilities and something they do. But, I mean, fuck it. If you're a DM, you can just move that shit. So Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, when it comes to playing a stone giant as a DM, because, I mean, if you're going to be using stone giants within a campaign, obviously you're going to have to do the role-playing thing when it comes to playing a stone giant. So... When it comes to role-playing, what is something that, what is a tip or trick you can give somebody when it comes to upping your capabilities of role-playing? This is your opportunity to lean way in. I need to find a new phrase for that. Into rock throwing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that combat strategy of just always using rock throwing? Yeah. 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 Fair. Like, just make presence known, even, with by having some boulders rolling down a hill beside the party that's going up like the side of a mountain or something mm-hmm. and being like that's weird what could have possibly done that and you know just go with it and because like they have such amazing abilities yeah. <laughs> with with the stones like, but, but I feel like they're the type that would give you the warning ahead of time. They wouldn't just immediately drop a boulder on you. They're going to, like you're saying, they're going to create a rock slide of some kind. Or they're yeah. going to whip a boulder at your face, but it's going to land right beside, like, hit the wall beside you. Yeah. But because, it was, like, intentional. Like, yeah. Just to warn you to be like, I'm sorry, but you need to turn around and go home. Or the next one will not miss. 
Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's so fun and like they just have some like cool extras like they can they can basically bowl. You can you can do an action where you bowl a a rock. Yeah. And you know, your party is the pins, so yeah. that's great. They're basically bowling with your with your party. Yeah. Yeah. And they can even use their ability like really strong abilities to throw rocks and they can even throw small to medium creatures mm-hmm. as an action and just like eat you. Yeah, like peace out. <laughs> I just think out. it's so funny. Yeah. It would not be funny if that was you. I think it would be hilarious. But for a DM, <laughs> oh my gosh, I go and grapple one of the one of the players. Yeah. And then no, I'm not gonna try and like crush it or uh, potentially turn it to stone. I am just going to like skip that thing across the nearby lake. <laughs> Yeet. Yeah. Peace out. Peace out. Yeah. So I I love that. And it's just been a long time coming to talk about stone giants because we've had those. And they throw rocks. And they all throw rocks. Yes. And but here, here we are. It's like, <laughs> no, they throw rocks. They're the, they are the professionals <laughs> of throwing rocks, yes. shall we say. Yeah. Um, anyway, what do you think? <laughs> I feel like if you're going to role play a stone giant, I think that understanding where it is in its point of life is very integral and important. Because mm-hmm. I said, when you're a young child, you are trying to prove yourself. So you're trying to hone your skills. It's basically like you are the perfect student. 24-7. When you become an adult, you are now an artisan and you're an artist and you're constantly seeking your next best feature. And then when you're next, when you're about to come to your death point and you're about to lose your life, you know that you're going to eventually have to find your way to the graveyard and sit and find yourself a nice little plot to hunker down and that's where you're going to be. And in my mind, again, in my storytelling, I would want them to be holding a tile of the story of their life. Mm-hmm. So maybe they are in the last year of their life building their, their um, speak tile or their speaking stone of the story of their life. Mm-hmm. So, like, knowing what stage of life your stone giant is in, I think, is really going to determine how the interaction goes with your players. Because they're either going to care about what you're doing or they're not. They're either going to want to learn from you or they're not. They're either going to want you to do them a boon or they're not. Like, there's a lot of different pieces based on where they are in their walk of life, in my mind. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So. And could change how you, like, change the whole storyline of the interaction itself with the players. Yeah. Like, and people, like, players who haven't seen Stone Giant at all, I think would be, like, mind-blown yeah. by any of them. Yeah. And, like, again, like, there's so much rich history that if you're not reading it, you're just going to see that surface level of a dreamwalker walking up to you covered in dead bodies and you think it's going to be evil, but really it's just a misunderstood crazy person. Like, yeah. it's, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's so different. But, but anyways, any final thoughts before we wrap up about Stone Giants? Uh, like I have probably said before, I have a newfound love for stone giants. I, I think this would be one that I would put into one of my campaigns going forward. Yeah. I think I have too much empathy, so I even relate to the stone giants. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I love this. Fucking do it, man. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love it. I think it's because it's the artist in and the artist in me. I really, really like resonated with these ones where I was like, I would absolutely love to come across a colony of these um stone giants and kind of like figure out what makes them tick and do that kind of stuff and implement them in my game in small ways like i would love to now put a dreamwalker in my game but they're actually like just like a crazy granny that's just like went to go die and then didn't yeah they are they're now just walking the land as a crazy person because they didn't quite they they the, it wasn't the end of their life but they thought it was or something yeah. like that and now you're just talking to this this adorable 
Like, I just want to help everyone. Oh, you're pretty and try to attach it. Like, no, no, you can't do that. Like, stop that. Like, you just learn how to communicate with her. And, Absolutely. Like, I think that'd be so much fun. And yeah. there's so many aspects of them I would want to infiltrate in my campaigns. Yeah, and it could even be a fun thing that might happen, might not happen, where if you're navigating that graveyard and you're not, like, you're rolling like shit, you're not getting the, <laughs> the info that you want, and it's like they're sitting not far away and they're going... They just, like, tell you a hint. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you need to look there. Oh, my God. And then it's just like, uh, who said that? <laughs> no, I'm just imagining you walking through the graveyard, and as we had mentioned, that sometimes they're, like, they're, they're sitting there, like, not quite dead yet. They're yeah. just sitting there chilling, waiting for, you know, death to take them. And you're just walking past, you're like, oh, man, we're looking for a storm, like, stone giant, blah, blah, blah. And you're just, like, walking around super confused. And it's like, oh, my God. It's two to the left. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> just have that in your back pocket as a DM. <laughs> just in case they can't fucking find it or yeah. solve your puzzle or yeah. whatever. It and has then, been a day. You've yeah. been here a day. <laughs> yeah. And then they're the, store, the stone giant that's actually going to help you read it in the end. Because yes. it's just like, oh my god. Love it. Can you just? It comes full circle. We figured it out. I love it. So much. All right, so that is all for this giant summer special episode on Stone Giants. Please stay tuned next week when things dumb down a little bit. Like, like, like dumb. Like, like real, real dumb. Yeah, we dumb. We stoked. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this special episode of It's a Minute podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash it's a mimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. I feel like we're going too long on this tangent. And you're like, all those are terrible decisions. <laughs> yes. The audience is going to be like, we don't like any of this music you're talking about. The fuck is wrong with you guys? It's like Adam switching the questions yeah. from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> Never talking about music ever again. This is a contentious thing. Please fix. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of contentious. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I think so anyways. <laughs> You have a very, very nice voice. Very, very gentle. It's very calm. It's very feminine. <laughs> Feels like you're not going to hurt anyone. Mine's just aggressive. And they're going to carve it down. I'm going to Google to make sure that was Michelangelo before I move on because I feel like I need that to be right. That's right. <laughs> and I can't help you on that one. <laughs> nope. I was completely wrong. Michelangelo is the Sistine's Chapel painting. Sorry, Adam. I'm going to back that up. <clears throat> uh, nope never mind I was correct it was Michelangelo because he made the statue of David yes. nice <laughs> nailed it <laughs> I was like this is my art history class coming back to me from like fucking 10 years ago <laughs> yay art school 10 years ago thank you yay. so much love that for me like I did not look that up before I started recording that I just was like <laughs>
Hell yes. That was a good one. I liked it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.